everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. This is Ash. I am here with two of my trusty podcasters, Nat. Hey. And Jimin. Hi, guys. And we are here to go over all of the K-pop news and give our commentary and get into some good discussion. So let's get started. So before we get into the actual news and our views concerning it, I would like to kind of talk about what we've been listening to for the past week or so in K-pop and just in general. For me, I've been listening to, well, I listened to BTS's newest song, and I've been listening to a lot of generally Lizzo, Little Mix, Summer Walker, a lot of R&B, contemporary R&B. So not a whole lot of K-pop over the last week or so, but we just listened to a bunch of MVs that have just come out. So I have heard the new songs from Golden Child and um, Seshkis and who else did we listen to? We listened to Golden Child, Super, Super Junior. Super Junior. Yeah. And yeah, so that kind of filled my K-pop quote for the week. Um, what about you guys? I have been mostly listening to a mix. Uh, of music and I really, 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 really like uh the shad I don't know if it's shad or shade or whatever. Uh their song Trampoline, but the the one featuring Zane. Uh, I love Zane anyways, but I, I really, really love that song. And I've been listening to that with a lot of Kevin Garrett, of course, and Dua Lipa's Don't Start Now which is one of my favorite songs right now too. And I've literally just been like, I made like a playlist of like four or five songs and I'm just lis- listening to it on repeat every morning, like to wake me up and sort of like on my way to work. And in terms of K-pop, I was listening to not a lot of K-pop actually. I did listen to Temple for a bit and uh, the, their album Obsession and that was probably about it. Oh, I did listen to some Girls Day as well, too. I was kind of missing them for a bit. So I watched their live at KCON and I was listen- watching some of their music videos as well. But yeah, not a lot of K-pop either. I feel like they're really in this melancholic, slow jam feeling sort of mood right now. And that's why I'm not really vibing. So and, and I need something a little bit more faster (laughs) in in this cold sunless sort of environment so that's what i've been listening to jimin i have been listening to sorry let me open up my playlist um in terms of western artists have you guys heard of an artist called pink sweats no yeah i think that's how you pronounce his name but he is a western artist and he's got this song called body ain't me it's really good. If you, do you like uh, like the weekend and stuff, Nat? I like his old, more hazy drug field music. Oh, you would like Pink Sweats. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, and then in addition to that, uh, that's mostly. And I've been listening to the "Lose You to Love Me," Christina, Christina, Selena, 
Christina Gomez is not a person. <laughs> uh, well, probably a person, but not a person I was looking for. Selena Gomez. Um, that song is amazing. Uh, but I'm slowly kind of falling out of love with it because I'm the type of person where once I discover a song, I might play it like a million times and then like like immediately and then fall out of love with it. So, but yeah, there's that. And then in terms of, I guess, K-pop, mm-hmm. I've been listening to, I don't know, you guys tell me if this is K-pop or not. Middle of the Night by Moss X. I've never, I don't know what the song is. It's complete English. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it's K-pop. I mean, it's pop music by Korean artists. Okay, K-pop. cool. I've been listening to that, and um, y'all know me. I don't like a lot of Masa X tracks. Yeah. So that is a big step for me. So congratulate me. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Um, I've also been listening to Day 6. Um, <sighs> yes. It's actually one specific song, I, I Need You. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been my jam. Of course, I've been listening to Black Swan. That is a great song. And lastly, uh, I've been listening to everybody's favorite song on this podcast. Y'all want me to sing it? Sure. Yeah. Like, for real? I mean, if you want to. Yeah, like. I'm not going to sing it because I I feel a little bit. Self-conscious now? Oh, yeah. I thought about it too much. (laughs) Um, I'm going to listen to Body Talk by Red Velvet. Oh yeah, that's a good song. Oh, so yeah, I finally fun. downloaded it and added it onto my phone. So that's what I've been listening to lately. Oh, I just want to add, I've been listening to Brie Runway, who is a fantastic British artist. And she makes sort of like R&B, hip-hop, alternative kind of music. I don't know, it's kind of cool. But her song, Big Racks, I've listened to that on repeat, so it's great. But yes, that's it. So, we, I guess we're going to be talking about comebacks. Any comebacks that you guys are interested in? Salivating, salivating for? <laughs> I see that we have some comebacks coming up from Card and Luna. Obviously, BTS Everglow has some pretty impressive teasers. And I think uh, Super M, right? Super M. I think they are going to be, you know, I think it might be a full album or a repackage of the mini or maybe like another me. I don't know. Yeah, it's um, either some, but it's some kind of something because they're going to be on Jimmy Kimmel or Fallon. Yeah. They're going to be on Jimmy Kimmel in February. So I, by the time this, this episode airs, it'll be February. So this month. Everybody, that is, <laughs> everybody in the K-pop industry is coming back. That's all you have to know. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, Seriously, Luna, like, okay, Luna's new group, but, and I think internationally, Luna is definitely up there. I mean, definitely not like BTS Super M status, but then again, who is? Um, I mean, they're all coming back. I'm honestly all, ex- I'm just excited. Like, I think everybody's going to have something to offer. What do you guys think? It'll definitely kind of liven up the scene, like, like Jimin or Nat, one of you guys was talking about like how I think it was Nat, like it's kind of the whole K-pop music scene is kind of in a lull right now with like kind of the, you know, wintry ballads and kind of, you know, more low-key music. So like things have been kind of not very exciting lately. So definitely need 
you know, all of the upcoming comebacks to kind of like make things exciting again. So it definitely feels like everyone's kind of gearing up to make their mark, like in the new year, like kind of make their big 2020 debut. All we need is for twice to come back and it'll be like kind of complete on top of like on in terms of like, oh, actually, you know what? Let's have an idea. And y'all and all of you fans out there, you better thank me because I'm putting this into the world. I think sure. Black people come back. Yeah, I feel like weren't they supposed to have been coming back? It they feels too long. Back. They are going to come back uh, earlier. They said early in the year. So I was thinking probably around April. I don't know why I thought April, but that's kind of where my head is for their comeback. Um, but then I remember that inside knowledge. No, <laughs> but then I remember that Big Bang's going to be at Coachella probably around that time. So maybe they might have a comeback. I don't know. It, oh, isn't Top getting a solo? Is it? He recently posted something on his Instagram where he was like making music with this like white producer but he was like it's for my ears only so everyone was oh. like i don't know what's going on if he's just like doing his own project or not um exo kai is having a solo yes 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 as well um, interesting uh chin will be coming back with a child <laughs> <laughs> and a new wife and a new wife so it's gonna be a double comeback yeah um <laughs> I guess in terms of comebacks that have already happened. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of low key say BTS is like right smack dab in the middle of their comeback. Cause even though their album hasn't come out yet, they've released already two tracks from the album. So if that's not a comeback, I don't really know what it is, but Suju came back. Yes, they did. And um, what do you guys think of the comeback? <laughs> uh, mm. They um, returned their latin pop shoes and they have somehow tried to dig out new editions of <laughs> shoes from the 80s wow. i feel like we've we've uh we wasted a lot of time listening to super Great, but <laughs> I, I didn't i do feel like sme's production is always going to be fantastic so well not always like not every song's gonna be good but there's always something there because they they know how to work with the right people and how to craft you know pop songs or R&B influence songs and I did like the E I E O song and I did like uh, that Tiki Talk song was it Tiki Talk I can't remember anyways that song was good too uh, did Red Velvet just come back too yeah well last year no I feel like late last year right yeah Psycho came out last year I did not like their mini though it was not good but i did like sorry anyway uh i was gonna say shiny was coming back but not really all that's really gonna happen is like 90 percent of shiny will be out of the military while tayman is actively going to be going into the military so that should be interesting to see yeah i thought that was kind of weird that they that they didn't try to get them all to do it around the same time. And like the three guys are in there and they're doing the army and Timmons like, I have a new group. <laughs> also, I'm doing I'm it. <laughs> he did join a whole new group. Um, well, you know what I think it is? It could, you could kind of look at it this way. This is going to mess up. I love all of Shady, but I will say this. Maybe they kind of, SM kind of felt like Taman on his own can produce what the other three together can produce. So, like, 
once he goes to the military, he, he can like they can swap him out for like he Onu and Mino because he kind of has the appeal. Onu has the voice and Minho has the look, right? You yeah. know what I mean? So they can combine and kind of match what Taemin did solo. Because Taemin's getting like a solo concert, something like that. I don't know. Taemin's Tame always, he's always, I swear, he's always doing concerts. Yeah, he's always working. Like, I feel like I don't follow him on Instagram or anything like that, but whenever I see him, he's like doing something new. Yeah, so honestly, this is like an exciting time of year because I feel like everything is kind of coming in motion. I've been waiting for music. Like, I've been so bored. Yeah. Okay. But honestly, I feel like so many comebacks are happening and I'm so excited. Like, everything coming up, especially with Super M and Luna and BTS, those are like the big three that I'm looking forward to. Yes. Um, I'm going I'm to be real with you, though. I'm going to need Monster X to stop coming back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's it like every two weeks. They got in oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to need them to chill for a little bit. They, they worked for the entire K-pop industry. They've been carrying the industry on their backs. And so we, we they can chill. Um, and I think one of their members also uh, is taking a stress relief or something like that. Like very recently. So I feel like, and didn't they just lose a member? Like, there's a lot going on with Monstrex, so... Yeah, Monstrex, uh, uh, y'all might want to chill for a minute. Yeah. I'm excited for NCT, too. I just want to see what they're going to do, because I feel like last year, Wavy really popped off. Like, they really... I don't think they blew up, blew up, but they blew up in the sense that, like, I do feel like Moonwalker and those songs... What was it? Love Talk? Yes. I do feel like those songs kind of gave them an audience that they didn't have before, especially since they sing in Mandarin. Yeah. And that's not an easy language to like, like the thing about Korean is like, even if you don't know the language, it's, you can still kind of sing it properly. It's yeah. It's actually out of the like Japanese versus Chinese versus Korean. Yeah. I feel like Korean is phonetic. And phonetic. Yeah. And they have so many loan words that it's just, it's easy. easy. It is easier. I wouldn't say it's easy, <laughs> but it is easier. <laughs> but like if you if, like, I, I think it's easy because especially if you look at like Mandarin, there's all the tones, right? Yeah. Like everything you say, like everything you do with your mouth has a different meaning. Whereas Korean, you can just slow your slur your words together, and people will generally get what you're saying. Yeah, the structure is, is makes it far simpler for sure. But yeah, so those are that's comebacks. I mean, any anybody else have anything they're excited for, or, or anything you want to add? Or excited for Big Bang at Coachella? Is that really a, co- a comeback that's going to happen? Re- like, uh, in the, you know, I'm trying to say soon. Yeah. Uh, well, I you asked about anything you're excited about, and I'm excited about that. They're going to have soon. Yeah, actually, I'm really excited for Everglow's comeback. I listened to the trailer and. It sounded pretty interesting, so we'll be. I'm excited to see that, and I'm excited. I'm kind of excited for Card. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So moving on, let's get started with the news stories. Jessica Jung, formerly of Girls Generation, sister of Crystal Jung, is releasing a book, a K-pop fiction novel called Shine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
she actually is coming out on October 6th, I believe, is when it's actually going to be published. And she recently um, released an excerpt to Entertainment Weekly. And if you've read it, it's... uh, (laughs) If you've read a young adult novel, it's pretty young adult. And the writing style so don't expect anything too complex here um but you know there may be some tea there Uh, the description is as um follows korean american teenager rachel kim has been the recruitment eyeliner of db entertainment one of Seoul's largest K-pop labels known for churning out some of the world's most popular stars for six years. The rules are simple. Train 24-7. Be perfect. Don't date. But as the dark scandals of an industry bent on controlling and commodifying beautiful girls begins to bubble up, Rachel wonders if she's strong enough to be a winner or if she'll end up crushed especially when she begins to develop feelings for K-pop star and DB golden boy, Jason Lee. So that is what we should be expecting as far as the novel. Uh, Shine has already been optioned for a movie of some sort. It's going to be developed by the same team that did Netflix's adaptation of To All the Boys I Loved Before. So there's that to anticipate. It is currently available for pre-order. So I guess we are excited by that. Yes. <laughs> I have already pre-ordered the book. Okay. And <laughs> you better do a full review. It's, for the it's website. really funny how like certain zones who are like OT8 zones, I guess, are all like, I have canceled Jessica, even though they already don't like her and they're happy she's out of the group and they already canceled her before. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to cancel Jessica because she, even though she, you know, she said this was semi-autobiographical about her her experience in, K- in the K-pop world, you know, as an idol for many, many years that she did it. Uh, and because the group is a nine member group. <laughs> people are like losing their shit. Like, Oh, well now people are going to speculate and they're going to try to link girls generation to this fictional group. And it's a bad look and it's bad for, for the group. Like go find a life, go, go find something to do. Go get a life. You know, it's, she has every right to write whatever the hell she wants to write. And she's not writing like Tayon's an ugly bitch, like in her books. You know, she's writing, she's writing a fictional story about a girl who is in an idol group because she was in an idol group. And really, you should write what you know for the most part. Cough, cough, American Dirt, cough. Um, and it's <laughs> it's just like you really don't like her. Everything that she does is looked down upon by Keynets and these OT8 stands. So just go. Find what makes you happy. Stop focusing on something or someone who does it is kind of the idea. Uh, and I do want to add that Jessica also has a YouTube page called Jessica Land that she just launched. And she's probably going to do this uh, as half-heartedly as she's done most things. So we'll see how that goes. 
<laughs> love her to bits, but most of my posts on Twitter are about Jessica Jung really needing to find one good job instead of doing a bajillion other jobs that she half-asses. So we'll see how these go. Yeah, I was thinking about to how this has been optioned for a movie and yeah. our Netflix movie or whatever this ends up being, um, which would potentially have a lot of Asian actors in this, you know, obviously would require that. Yeah. Um, considering what the topic is about. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, like what the, like, are you think K-pop fans are going to be here for this? Or, is, you know, this is going to be something that's going to do very well? I mean, I think it'll do considerably well. I think there is an audience for this. Maybe it's a niche audience, but um, I think that would still turn into decent numbers for her. Yeah, I think people are interested not just about Jessica's take on what happened, you know, in the world of K-pop. But they're interested about K-pop in general. So it'll be, and as you said, like they're gonna, they're likely gonna have a lot of Asian actors in it, which is good for diversity. And it's, it's what people claim that they wanna see. So I don't see why they would, you know, blacklist this just because it's Jessica, you know, and just because she may have negative experiences with the group that kicked her out, you know. So it, I'm excited. I I do think the book is probably not going to be as juicy as everybody is wanting it to be. No. <laughs> yeah, I think there'll definitely be speculation. I mean, there's already the whole thing with the main character falling in love with the, another K-pop star and people might be like, oh, did Jessica fall in love with somebody? Well, you know, I mean, you could take yeah. any of that and run mm-hmm. with it, you know. There is that picture of her and Taekyun from 2PM, the infamous photo. <laughs> so there's a lot of people and a lot of people are already speculating like about the group members that were mentioned so far and who's going to be who. Like, is this mm. Tiffany? Is this Sunny? So we'll see when the book actually comes out later this year. But I definitely will review it. Definitely. So. Yay! Because I read that excerpt and well, I read a little bit of it and I don't think I can do it. so i used to be so into young adult well fantasy science fiction young adult novels but i I don't know if i can do it anymore so yeah nat our our trusty book reviewer yeah (laughs) okay well next up silent g idol is embarking on their island north american tour (laughs) Tickets are going on, well, tickets have already gone on sale as of this podcast recording January 31st at 3 p.m. via Live Nation. And their ticket prices are a little... It's a little high, um, considering. Starting at $69, they have VIP. VIP starting at... Well, they have VIP 1 and VIP 2. And VIP 2 is at, I believe it's 169 from what I can see here. Yeah. Um, general, yeah. General admission 
this is from a May 5th, 2020 performance at the House of Blues in Chicago. General admission is $79. VIP two is $169. And VIP one, which includes sound check and high touch, is $209. Um, they have lost their minds with these prices. <laughs> I think that okay. So there is there's an audience for K-pop concerts. This is true. This is why everyone is having doing little tours here and there. But you also have to keep these things in perspective. And considering, you know, I hate to say it, but considering that Idol is a girl group and they are a fairly new group. They haven't been out for that long. Uh, You know, they have some popularity in their home country. They have some international fans, but I think that their company is overreaching quite a bit here with their prices. Uh, We are not the only people to think that. And just in general, um, you know, if you want to these performances, especially, I mean, even Blackpink had trouble filling their concerts, you know, once they started doing their tours and, and, you know, once they started doing their world tour, you know, with some of their prices and, and just, you know, in general being a girl group and having less of a dedicated fan base to pull from, you, you kind of can't, you know, do this whole overpricing thing where we're going to charge so much for you to just go to a sound check and a high touch and, you know, and you're going to pay almost, I mean, not that far from a hundred dollars just for general seating. That's, that's a little, that's a little much. I mean, I know when they're American artists that people will not pay that much for to go see the, you guys are, you're definitely overreaching. I mean, even before Stalin G. Idol has started messing up in the public eye, you know, I don't think I would have paid $69, $79 to go see them anywhere. <laughs> Y'all you know? pay real money to see them, period? Nope. I mean, <laughs> Um, if they were near me and it wasn't that much, I would maybe consider it. But at these prices, it wouldn't even be like it wouldn't even be an option. Like it wouldn't even enter my mind. It would just be like, yeah, that's too much. And I can't imagine that they think that they have. I mean, they have international fans, but that they have fans that are that devoted that would be willing to pay those type of prices. Yeah, I just, it's really strange because, like, they're going to be playing at Rebel here. And I'm pretty sure the capacity there is only, like, 2500 or something like that. So for them to be selling tickets for, like, $210 or whatever, um, starting at $70, like, they're not a group that I would, you know, put at those price points. <laughs> and it's not to say that they don't have fans because they do have, like, a pretty solid fan base. Uh, and you know, Korea looks at them as like the next best thing, kind of. Uh, but they're so overrated, in my opinion. <laughs> so I just, I could not justify these prices. And I do understand, yes, it's expensive to bring K-pop acts here, so you know they have to recoup the cost somehow. But just play, you know, 
I guess they are playing at smaller venues, then make more affordable prices. Cut costs where you can, you know, like just don't make it so expensive for your fans to see you. And especially like you've had what, what, how, how many singles have they had? Like four? I don't even think they, <laughs> and they've never had a full album. I don't know. It just seems like really premature, even though I, but I do, I guess because they are trying to do a, an English comeback. I think that's what they said they were planning for this year. So I guess this is sort of feeding into that American extent expansion in some ways. So I guess in their minds, this is justifiable and it, it'll work. But yeah, as you mentioned, Blackpink, even twice is not really that hot ticket wise in North America. So I, I just don't see it for Silent G Idol in this regard. So yeah, Jimin. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys know my opinions on it. I don't, it, I don't see it for them. I don't understand any of this. Um, so I disagree with you guys, really. Oh, any oh. other, <laughs> any any other thoughts on these exorbitant ticket prices? Don't beg, folks. Save your money. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just too much. I yeah. I, like I said, I mean, it has Why that. would you pay for a Silent G Idol concert when you could pay for literally anything else? If I wanted like to said. have racists shout at me, <laughs> I would just go to uh, your standard comedy show. Like, right? I, I, like it's I, 20 bucks. Like, <laughs> I said before the mess, <laughs> before the mess, I may have considered half of that. You know, might be like, yeah, I, I might do that. But at the current state that they're in and the current prices that they're charging, I would never. So, I, you know, that's a losing battle to me. So, yeah. In other news, JYPE is planning to tra- uh, press charges against Nyan Stalker who has amazingly not, from what I understand, has not faced any formal charges as of yet. I mean, other than the restraining order. Nope. I mean, and he's had charges pressed against him for that, but JYP is filing charges for violation of the Personal Information Protection Act because he has leaked um, Che Young's phone number on uh online basically on twitter and then of course Cheyong called him out and he's you know now you know facing action for that but i mean at this point it's like how much how much is he what is he going to do what is it going to take i mean it just seems like he's ratcheting it up like every step to try and I don't know if it's just trying to get their attention or get the attention of you know his mutuals or I don't know you know I don't know what his end goal is with this but maybe this is going to help to at least have authorities have an excuse to take him in or do something where he can't 
invade these girls' privacy anymore and put them in more danger because it, I mean, it's just, I don't know. But hopefully, you know, before anything too, I mean, at this point, there should have been something done, but hopefully before something too bad happens, you know, we can, you know, they can at least, I don't know what they can do, but kind of get it so that he's not, you know, ratcheting up, you know, his actions. Like it just seems like it, it's something every other week that he's doing. So I don't know what they can do, but. Well, he said he was going home. He said, uh, I don't know if it's because they can now officially press charges against him. Hmm. And he's, he's kind of uh, deciding to to you know, turn tail and leave or what, but he claimed that he was going to leave and cause that's what Nayon wants. And he didn't mean to cause any trouble, but he had like the nerve to put Chion's number on line. And then was all like, Chion, uh, because you mentioned that I did this thing. Now I'm getting death threats. And you know, these people are very mad at me. Why would you do that? And I'm just like, what? Like, you're not the victim. And I think, as you mentioned, it is an attention thing where he, mm-hmm. you know, whenever the spotlight's not on him for, you know, X amount of time, he does something new. Like he goes on the plane or he releases his phone number, you know? So I think that might be the catalyst for something like this. And I I personally don't believe he's going to leave. I feel like he's just going to lay low for a bit and continue stalking on the side and maybe not be as open about what he's doing, which is going to be even more dangerous. Unfortunately, I don't, it's just really, really scary. I think that he is able to do all of this and they are unable to, or unwilling to stop him uh, on JYP side. And also, the weirdest thing to me is that he has people who like like his tweets, who talk to him in in DMs and give him encouragement and want to know what he's doing and how he's getting all this information and how he's able to be such a successful stalker. Like I was going through his like some of his tweets, like I blocked him, right? But after the phone number thing, I wanted to see if like it was still up. And it was really strange when I saw that people were like outright liking his tweets. Mm. I mean, thankfully it wasn't anybody that I was mutuals with, but it's still pretty scary that you have people who are just out and about liking these tweets. So I hope that they can finally get rid of him and hopefully uh, twice doesn't go to Germany, I think where he's from. Sorry to all the German onces, but your boy just ruined it. So, yeah. Uh, Unless uh, they can do something to kind of restrict his access to the girls, you know, where he's not, you know, they know that he's not going to be able to be in the vicinity and be, a, you know, a potential threat or, you know, nuisance to them. Otherwise, you know, it's not worth it. Yeah, I I honestly think it's not really worth it because then you're you have all the security. You're always watching, you know, behind your back. How can you have a good time? You know, I I wouldn't be able to have a good time. So maybe Nayan would because she's a different person, but I probably would not be able to do it. 
but I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I pretty much was surprised that he was able to come back and make an even bigger spectacle of himself, you know, but here we are. And so guys, just if you see him, report him. It's easy. It's as easy as that. And for all these assholes who are selling him information, I hope really bad things happen to you. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. I wonder where you got the phone number from. Oh, people sell it. Like I've seen a lot of tweets and uh, like Instagram pages where people are trying to like sell information about K-pop idols. So that's not surprising. Wow. Yeah. Well, moving on to an SM group, Super M will be appearing on Jimmy Kimmel Live on February 11th. I believe this is their, is this their first like late night American television performance? I don't think they've been on any other shows. I think so, because they were on Ellen and then they, I think they did a showcase. So they didn't actually have uh, the late night um, sort of spectacle like the other groups have been doing um, as yet. So this, this is probably their late night debut. Okay. Yeah. So they uh, released a very emo looking photo to pro- <laughs> promote the uh, occasion. And now you um, have to send that because I did not see that picture. <laughs> yeah. It's um, someone on Mona they didn't with the tweet that Super, the Super M Twitter sent out. But yeah, it's, um, is it Taman? I think it looks like Taman that has like bluish hair or something like that in the photo and he looks very emo. But yeah, I mean, be interesting to kind of see them all together promoting on American TV. Um, you know, we've come a long way with the, you know, Hallyu performers and, you know, they know that they get a certain subset of viewers that will tune in to watch them. So at this point, most of that is boy groups, but perhaps a girl group will eventually get into that mix. I don't know. I think Blackpink has done late night stuff. I remember them doing one of the morning shows, but I don't remember them doing it. Oh, they they did did do a late night. They they did James Corbin. They did do him. Okay. They did do his show. Yeah. Um, so I am forgetting. Yes. But other than them, yeah, there hasn't really been much movement on that front. But nope. um, but maybe somebody will fill in that role for us um, whenever be while we're waiting for Blackpink to come back, whenever that will be. <laughs> maybe sometime soon. Next up, Pledis kind of had an interesting circumstance their official site was hacked by a disgruntled Pristin stan as you know Pristin was has been going through some very troubling issues over the past year as far as i mean Pledis doesn't have the best track record with their groups in the first place and even after having some Produce 101 contestants in the group. They just haven't really been able to promote them in a acceptable way. Um, they haven't really caught on with the um, K-pop 
listening public and they're essentially disbanded at this point. So, I mean, nobody was mad <laughs> because they weren't exactly wrong. I mean, yeah, hacking is wrong, but Plut uh, is kind of, I mean, if you're a Princeton fan, I can see why you would feel that Plutus deserves it because um, they were pretty done wrong by by that company. Um, not to mention, you know, just in general, Plutus is just a horrible company um, if you look at their track record. So it's just someone, I think, kind of working out their feelings and kind of they're hacking the website with their way of expressing their disgruntlement and letting it out to the world. So any thoughts on that? Not really. I don't really know much about Kristen, to be honest. Uh, I feel like they were a group that happened, but before they could actually pop, they were done. So it's, if in that way, I can sense, I can totally agree with the frustration. But I, I don't know, Plus does definitely suck because they dropped pretty much all of uh, after school. And I think Nana is the only person who's still signed to the company. And obviously it's because she makes money as an actress and as a face and a visual. So the rest of after school will be damned. And yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I really don't like how after school ended so more power to the hacker <laughs> that's it for me yeah we're and and just to say we're not saying that hacking is right but in this instance what he wrote was not um it was very close to to the truth <laughs> so i don't think anybody you know disagrees uh with what he wrote and is not um supporting what he did but yeah i don't i don't have a problem with hacking it's just that <laughs> do hacking for like good reasons like nobody deletes student like student loans or anything like that all they do is like hold universities ransom and garbage garbage this and i'm gonna hack mariah carey's twitter and say racist stuff like nobody does anything that's true. It's like if you could do all of that, like you could, you, like there's probably people that could like erase all of the student debt in the yeah. world if they wanted to, but they're deciding to, like you said, you know, hack a celebrity's Twitter and write racist and sexist and homophobic stuff <laughs> on there instead. And it's like, what? Yeah. Like, you what could. are you getting out of that? And it's the same people who talk about like being anarchists and revolution this and revolution that, like, and they're completely useless. <laughs> like, <laughs> if they have actual revolution, they'd be the worst. They'd be so pointless and useless. So, yeah. Okay. Well, next up, the new um, Tay song at the Soul Music Awards was a digital. Tay song that was actually awarded to Taeyong, formerly of Girls' Generation, uh, as opposed to BTS, who I assume people thought was going to just win everything because they're BTS. Um, but it actually 
turns out that for the main awards, the Taesong for physical physical album went to BTS and the Taesong for digital digital music went to Taeyeon. So, I mean, to me, that's not very surprising. It's interesting that if you look at some of the translated Korean comments underneath from Naver, that apparently people are saying that BTS fans said that they didn't vote because they boycotted the Soul Music Awards because they said it was an SM awards ceremony. So that they felt that it was rigged toward the SM Awards, even though they did win the physical day song. But I mean, like I said, I'm not surprised. I mean, we've mentioned before that while yes, BTS are popular in Korea, it's it's a different kind of popularity, like where they weren't really noticed by the public there and until they received more recognition overseas but they aren't really like homegrown artists where they kind of organically achieved a following in south korea that blew up before they kind of blew up overseas so while they've definitely achieved success recognition there South Korea still has their own artists that are beloved by the people there and are going to, I mean, BTS is not going to win everything. So I'm not surprised. And like I said, they won the major award for physical albums. So I don't see what the contention is there like at all. Yeah, I think it's because uh, the award show for the longest time only had one day song and it was for, um, they didn't split it into digital and physical. It was just like one award. And I guess people were saying because BTS was not there, but I guess because they were in America getting ready for the um, Late Late Show performance, they they felt that the Soul Music Awards just created this <laughs> Uh, out of thin air, I guess, and gave it to somebody who would actually be there, which is totally their prerogative. I mean, you can't like, it's kind of awkward when you have a big award like that and the person who receives it is not there. So I kind of get it. Uh, But also, yeah, digital versus the physical and even like the social media award thing, like it's a very different ballgame. And I thought Taeyong had a pretty strong year. So I was kind of surprised that she had so much pushback because Blue, sorry, uh, Four Seasons did well. And so did her OST for uh, Hotel de Luna did really well. And I don't know how Spark did, but I assume it did pretty okay. Uh, So it's kind of surprising that people assume that she only won because she's from SME and not on the strength of her releases and the reaction and it's not like it's the only award she's won as well too for last year so it's very strange and as you said bts cannot win everything so (laughs) as much as the fans would love that and i i mean i totally get it you know if uh my favorite was up for an award i would want them to win everything too (laughs) so i do completely get it but realistically especially with them being you know, international artists now. I don't think Korea is just going to like hand them everything. People want to see 
people like these artists accept these big awards in person. You know, they want to see them perform there too. And they will, it, it sort of proves that they appreciate the award that they're about to receive and that they, uh, you know, want to be there to experience the win. So I can totally understand why an award show would kind of, I don't know if it was last minute or they just didn't communicate it to people, but I can see why they just kind of did it. <laughs> well, Sungri, we mentioned him in the last episode and there are some doubts about him ever getting or ever paying the legal price for some of his actions in the Burning Sun controversy. Well, it turns out that he was indeed indicted on charges of soliciting prostitution and overseas gambling on January 30th. Um, the Seoul Central District Prosecutor's Office indicted Sungri, Yang Hyun Suk, and nine other individuals related to the Burning Sun case without detention. Um, it's interesting to see that he and YG are actually getting some, I guess, recourse for, you know, what has happened um, when it seems like that they have kind of escaped charges for basically everything else that they've done, which, I mean, with the... And with the involvement in the Mulca chat and some of the other things he's done, unfortunately, it seems like there's not really any legal recourse for him or anyone else involved to get charged for that. But as far as the prostitution and overseas gambling, they may actually, you know, have some sort of judgment come down on them for you know, those actions, which you know, as unlikely as it seems, at this point, indictment is a pretty big step. And in light of what happened, of course, there is a hashtag. Um, I believe it was I stand with Sungri. Yes, I stand with Sungri that trended on Twitter from, uh, I guess, OT5 stands. I don't know. Um, Sungri stands. and which was embarrassing. And, you know, it's interesting that there are so many people that still believe that, you know, I hear the argument so much that it's like, oh, well, we don't know that it was prostitution or, oh, it was only prostitution that he shouldn't, well, it was still illegal um, at this point. So, I mean, if he broke the law, he broke the law. Uh, you know, let's not coddle Sungri for the things that he did. And whatever the, you know, South Korean, you know, law, however they decide to kind of work out, you know, what his judgment should be, we should, you know, let that play out. Unfortunately, you know, we don't know how that's going to how that's going to work out in the future. But you know, I feel like these all of these kind of let's support Sungri things. And, you know, it's all just kind you know, it's all a conspiracy against him. And it's like it's clear that, you know, he's gotten away with a lot. So I don't see how 
in general, how this has been some sort of big ruse to, you know, get him in jail when, you know, most of he's going to get away with with most of, of what he's done. So I don't know. As a Big Bang fan, Nat, how did you feel here hearing the news? I was uh, <laughs> surprised because I did honestly think that he would never be formally charged with anything. <laughs> And so when I saw this news, I was very happy because, as you mentioned, he broke the law and nobody should be above the law. In this case, it's clear that YG has connections, very fantastic connections, which has primarily kept him and Sungri out of the same uh, sort of situations like the other gentlemen who also received um, additional charges. And like, I, I don't, nobody knows for sure exactly everything that they have done or not done, but I feel like there's a very strong case on the prostitution part. And I kind of assumed that if they were going to go to jail, it would be for something really lame like that, to be honest. Uh, I didn't think it would be on any of the more serious charges. Uh, because of, once again, their connections. But I'm happy, especially when I saw that YG was also formally indicted. And I can, I mean, I I bet they'll either get really, 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 like, whack and lame sentences, like, you know, uh, probation for, for, like, a year or whatever, and have to pay, like, a really, really hefty fine because, you know, money is great. And that's usually why they go after people to begin with. So, uh, and, and they'll probably have to pay taxes on any uh, gambling money that they made or that they are going to be charged that they made. So it is kind of a bitter pill to swallow because uh, I would like to see like real justice be done, but I will take it. You know, it is better than nothing. And both of them oh everybody involved with this uh sucks and is very terrible and i wish korea and i wish the world really in general because we know that justice here is just as shitty as just, as justice we've seen there so it's unfortunate but i'm i'm pleased with this news i'm pleased that something is actually happening because it's been like a year and a half or two years or something like that of nothing just a lot of talk. And so finally see them actually do their freaking jobs for once. I'm very excited. Okay. Well, in light of that, let's move on to a very hot topic in global news, the coronavirus. Um, it is so pervasive that it is affecting K-pop as well, of course. Got Seven's 2020 World Tour. They were scheduled to perform in Bangkok and Singapore. And of course, they postponed those concerts due to the virus and its spread. And, you know, there have been some fans that, you know, have talked about um, other groups that are scheduled to perform in China and other countries adjacent to China. Some of these companies may not be taking the same precautions as JYP and, you know, postponing 
these performances and getting these idols out and away from potential situations where, you know, they could possibly contract the virus or just not having, you know, not being in a vulnerable situation like that. So I know, Jimin, you said that you have some things to say about the coronavirus that may or may not be related to K-pop. Oh, no, I don't. (laughs) uh, (laughs) I don't remember saying that it I had thoughts about coronavirus related to K-pop, but I do have thoughts about the actual idea of a coronavirus that has become potentially deadly. There's a lot of um, conversation saying that there was a lot of, you know, what? this has nothing to do with K-pop, so I don't think it'll be relevant. I might as well not talk about it. Okay. Don't get coronavirus is the moral of the story. Um, <laughs> I mean, technically, everybody's gotten a coronavirus at some point. I would be very shocked if you didn't. Um, but this particular strand is, as we can see, deadly. Don't do anything that may aid in the spread of this what seems like a small epidemic epidemic or pandemic because pan means all yeah right now it hasn't spread everywhere i think they they have been calling it a pandemic like when the world health organization uh upgraded it i did i do think that they said it was a pandemic Okay. Uh, terminology is super important in this case. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, it's either zombie apocalypse or <laughs> just another strain of the common cold that, you know, I, obviously if somebody who's like super old, who already has a lot of health issues gets the common cold, they could, that could turn to pneumonia, they could die. But if somebody like relatively healthy gets the common cold, you're probably not going to die. That's just the facts. But um, this strain is like a super strain of that. So from my understanding. So Nat is confirming whether or not it is a pandemic. Yeah, I'm I'm still looking. Because an epidemic is just like a preponderance of something. It just means that there is something there. Like, for example, you would say like the obesity epidemic. There are a lot of people who are obese. But a pandemic is like a specific thing. A pandemic is... An epidemic of disease. So a pandemic is a type of epidemic. So it's an epidemic of disease that has spread across a large region, for instance, multiple continents or even worldwide. Whereas an epidemic, I believe, is just something that exists. It's just like there's a lot of something. So you could have, for example, the um, there's like they used to call, for example, incarceration of black males an epidemic. Mm hmm. Or certain types of, like, it doesn't have to be, it's not medically related to medicine, right? It's just a thing that happens a lot that's not a good thing, right? Okay, well, it says here that the WHO, the World Health Organization, declared the outbreak sparked by the coronavirus in China as a global emergency. Okay, global emergency. What they're using. Global emergency somehow sounds worse than pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, That that sounds like we're about to be in The Last of Us real quick. Which, honestly, I hate to digress like this, but I feel like in a zombie apocalypse, it could be kind of fun. Okay, Walking Dead. (laughs) No, like, I I mean, obviously not a zombie apocalypse where I feel like a lot of people are going to die yeah. like a zombie apocalypse where I feel like there are some zombies 
and the world is kind of like in disarray. There's like no more civilization. So everybody's kind of like trying to survive and like thin, like for themselves in a sense. But at the same time, I feel like stuff like that could bring people together. Yeah, I can see that. Mm, uh, I feel like I, that's why, I, like, anything world. dystopian can bring people together. Like, in a fictional world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point because I, I guarantee you, like, if you were somewhere in a very, very racist part of the world, yeah. and there was a zombie about to eat a racist, a racist would just let that zombie eat them before they let you help. So, exactly. uh, but in a perfect world, I think, well, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have a zombie apocalypse. But in a perfect world that had a zombie apocalypse, I think it could bring people together and it would be like a beautiful thing. I mean, I, obviously we would have to kill all the zombies, but. When you said like, you know, zombie apocalypse and it's not like, you know, the end of time, end of days more or so, you know what first came to mind? The thriller video. Uh, I don't know. Why oh. So we're going to have zombies like dancing. <laughs> I mean, that would be hilarious. Yes. I feel like that would be the best way to have zombies. Like, yes, I wouldn't want exactly. them to be, yeah. I wouldn't want them to be like classic Night of the Living Dead zombies, right? I would want them to yeah. be like kind of chill zombies. They don't stink, even though they're dead. So they probably are going to stink. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, I would say, okay. The coronavirus, uh, as Jimmy mentioned, it's this is a, a specific strain of it. And I think people, I think the media is sensationalizing the story more than the actual um, strain of coronavirus is um, impacting um, or, or actually killing people. Because if you look at the percentage of people who have in, who have been infected versus the, the uh, percentage of people who are actually who have actually died. It's actually a very low percentage, uh, and as Jimmy mentioned, it really it's it's only bad for people who have low immune systems. So like the very young and the very old. The cases in Canada have all like these people are like at home. You know they just you know need to be isolated for a bit, but they're not you know hacking up blood or anything like that in a hospital. You know, and so I don't know, I. Personally, I'm treating it like I treated SARS and it's just, you know, something that happens. I don't know about you, but I bathe twice a, twice a day. Um, I wash my hands religiously. I carry around hand sanitizer um, and lotion also, because if you're going to have hand sanitizer, guys, you need to lotion your hands too. Just throwing that out there. Uh, and so I'm not, and I, I take my multivitamins and, you know, I, do, I, I don't touch public transit and touch my face and all that stuff. No, I feel like if you take regular winter precautions and you don't have a very weak immune system, I feel like you're going to be fine. I mean, hopefully you don't have to eat my words and, you know, just based on the information that I've seen about the actual virus, that is kind of how I'm treating it. And I want to say another thing, just because it originated in China doesn't mean that you guys can go around being xenophobic and racist towards Chinese people. Uh, <laughs> because you have soccer moms who are trying to bring back things like the mumps and measles and talking about how babies can get Alzheimer's. So I don't think that like, oh, well, actually, that was a black girl that said it. But can we talk about the baby's Alzheimer's thing? Where did that come from? <laughs> so basically, um, this black woman was talking about how she doesn't vaccinate her kids. And, you know, 
some people comments and were like, here's why you should vaccinate your children and other people. And another girl had commented about how not like vaccinations bring about these diseases. And she mentioned like Alzheimer's in people were like, babies can't get Alzheimer's and it sort of spiraled from there because it's just such a ridiculous thing to say I mean it's I I it's better than the whole um autism angle because you know people you know not vaccinating their children because they're afraid of their children getting autism is gross but people not vaccinating their kids because they're afraid their babies are going to get Alzheimer's is actually hilarious. So I kind of, <laughs> uh, you know, appreciated that moment of stupidity. And so, yeah, I it's kind of crazy that I've seen a lot of racism and xenophobia towards Chinese people. And I'm not saying, you know, that everybody in China is clean and like whatever, because I've been to China and it definitely was not like that. Like, you know, everywhere that I went. Uh, but, you know, bathing is a very relatively recent concept to people of European descent um, of a particular uh, skin color and uh, <laughs> uh, religion. So, it, it, you know, we shouldn't be casting stones all over the place here. We should probably just try to not be assholes. And, you know, I feel for bad for the families who have lost people because of it. And for the, I saw like this really sad picture of like this doctor going into Wuhan or I don't know if it was Wuhan specifically, which is where the coronavirus originated, or if it was, I think Hubei, which is like the province. Um, but she was all like covered, you know, um, in protective shielding and things like that. And she was like touching the the train window and her husband was on the other side touching it because they didn't know she'd come back and you know it is it is a bit heart-wrenching when you think about all the people whose lives have been lost because there's no cure at this time and the most that people are doing here is a sensationalizing this whole situation and making it like everyone's going to come down with the bubonic plague or uh, the black you know the black death anytime and also people just like is that from China? I don't want to touch it. Like, bitch, everything's from China. Like, if you, you should be dead now if that is like the mentality that you're coming here with. So, uh, I just really wanted to do a quick PSA. Like, I, I understand precaution because I feel like precaution is always going to be the best method of defense. And I have, I believe intelligently, uh, outline some things that you could do to keep yourself clean and to keep yourself from getting sick just in general you know wash your hands use hand sanitizer don't be all like touching up poles on the ttc cover your mouth when you cough please you know these are just basic human decency <laughs> actions uh that i feel would probably help people uh and prevent people from getting sick so if you keep up with this and you still get sick, it's, it is unfortunate, but I, I really don't think that that's going to be the case uh, for you and for others. I do understand why K-pop fans would probably want to um, maybe perform in closed sets and things like that. Cause I do believe that that's what also super junior did when they did their 
usually they, you know, when you release an album, whatever you do a showcase, they actually did some live performances in a close set. And obviously God seven has postponed their uh, concerts and things because uh, Thailand and Singapore are both tourist heavy spots and they do get a lot of Chinese visitors because they have a lot of people of Chinese descent who live there in these places. And I, I do understand that because in very tourist heavy locations, you're going to have just a shitload of people that you, they're are going to be from all over and they're going to have all these different rules and manners and you know, mannerisms and you can't control it. So I, I do understand that. And I hope nobody gives them a, a rough time for thinking about their own safety because in K-pop, a lot of companies don't think about the safety of their idols and it's, it is unfortunate, but that's the way it is. So it's good that they are willing to look past the money for, you know, once or twice <laughs> and uh, look out for their idols. So I will say that I, you know, hopefully they'll be able to reschedule soon when there's a cure for the coronavirus because there is no cure at this time that I know of. And uh, yeah, just everybody take care of yourself, please. And that's all I have to say on that. Okay. Well, Ailey, who was at the Grammys for some reason, and she was there, took pictures with a bunch of her favorite artists. This included one Chris Brown, posted it on her Instagram. And some people were like, why are you posting pictures with Chris Brown up in the camera? Don't you know what he's done? Ailey uh, decided to respond and wrote, Edit. For the last time, when I said he was one of the artists I enjoyed listening to growing up, and that's a fact that will never change. I meant the fact that I enjoyed his music when I was younger will never change. I took this photo without any knowledge of what he did. The only thing on my mind was literally, oh, wow, CB, I used to love his songs. I do not and will not support women, men, pet, animal, or any other kinds of abusers. And the only reason I'm keeping this post up is to clarify the reason I took this pic in the first place. I do not think lightly of any abuses. Please stop giving me so much shit for something I didn't even know happened and leave me alone. Damn. After she posted this response, Chris Brown felt it necessary to post directly underneath, in all caps, cornball. After that, these posts gained traction and Ailey made it to the shade room. Probably because Chris Brown actually responded to it and that kind of made things worse. Which is interesting because we all know that K-pop stars and people in Korea in general love Chris Brown. And may or may not be familiar with the whole incident with Rihanna. but. The thing about Ailey is that she is American, grew up in America, is from Denver. Um, I think if you look at the timeline of when she actually started her K-pop career, she was in America when the whole incident with Rihanna happened. So she would have been old enough to remember it and have recognized that it happened. So her whole explanation is bullshit. And, um, you know, was called out for it uh, by 
many people as she should have been. Um, you know, she's kind of trying to pull the same thing Amber does. Well, I was in Korea, so I didn't know. It's like you weren't in Korea when it happened, though. So you, you would have known it happened and you aren't deaf or blind. So, you know, you you would have been aware. And um, <laughs> Chris's, Chris Brown's response to the whole thing is just icing on the cake. And um <laughs> just kind of takes the whole situation to a whole another level. Uh, thoughts on this whole thing with Ailey? I've seen a few commentary, a bit of commentary on people that have counseled her because of this. Um, you know, I thought Ailey was talented before, but I have learned over the years that Korean, Amer Korean American K-pop stars are a special breed. And, um, you know, in certain situations, I feel like in having to kind of assimilate to, I mean, not kind of, they do have to essentially assimilate into another culture and kind of getting into that profession with how you, with the how you wave and, and K-pop becoming more popular and Western countries now, you have these Korean American or not, you know, native Korean K pop stars kind trying to transition back into a career in the States after, you know, having went over to Korea in the first place to kind of have a career. And it's, it's kind of, it's resulted in situations like this <laughs> where you have, you know, these things happening and then they say, oh, well, I didn't know I was in Korea, but you are not, you are American. And um, even the native Koreans only have so much that they can fall back on as far as, you know, saying that they, don't know or aren't aware of. And, you know, Ailey definitely, I mean, people pretty much called her out as they should have on, on that. I mean, that was just blatantly like, you, you just, you wanted to take a picture of Chris Brown. Like you just admit it, like, don't try to say that you didn't know what happened because you did. You're, you know, you, you did. So what, uh, if any, what are you, you guys' thoughts on this? Really, uh, it, all I gotta say is that I never, I rarely ever agree with Chris Brown on anything, but Ailey really is a cornball <laughs> because her edited tweet or post on Instagram was just so full of lies and, and garbage. It's just like, if you like him, you like him. If you don't like him and you still like his music, you can say that. You know, you don't have to be like writing this novel about about Chris Brown and and I absolutely despise the whole I don't care what color you are if it's black, red, uh white, purple, like there's no purple people. So for her to be like, oh, I don't like anything that abuses others, if you're a human, if you're an animal, like what, 
Are lions going around just slapping monkeys like in in the jungle just for fun? Is is life like Lion King? I don't know. I was very confused about the statement that she made. And then to sort of keep that up and lie, like absolutely lie, because everybody heard about what happened to Rihanna. Like, you have no excuse. You you can't act like you didn't know. It was everywhere. Everywhere. It was international news. Okay. So you just didn't care and or you did care but you still you know had good memories of chris brown's music and i mean i listened to fame when it came out and that was after the situation with rihanna so i mean i you know it is what it is and you kind of just you know make your own decisions based on what you see and I mean, I can't stand Chris Brown now. Thankfully, I grew out of my own sort of issues. And so maybe Ailey has to do that too. But denial and writing a thesis on her denial and then sort of, you know, having Chris Brown respond to it and being in the shade room and, you know, and I think she eventually deleted it maybe as well too. I don't know. Like, it's just... It's all unnecessary. I would say, like, if you like something and you know it's problematic, sit in that shit. Do not come out here talking about, oh, I didn't know and I never do this and blah, blah. Like, just sit in it. Like, if your memories of Chris Brown are more important, sit in that. And then if somebody calls you on it, be like, yeah, okay. And this is what it is. And just move on. Like, I hate that people have all these excuses and don't want to like have written it like rewrite in this this history of or the of, of the situation and all this stuff like just sit in it <laughs> i don't like that's all i can like this whole thing is just so silly and stupid and she really is a cornball and she and amber and you know these Asian Americans who want to be on both sides of the continent of, of the the world and in these different continents and want to have amnesia whenever they're in one part of one industry versus the other. It's just I'm tired of it. I'm tired of this. I actually don't mind Ailey and I do like her voice. I think she has a very gorgeous voice and I feel like she should be more popular than she is just on the power of her voice, but if this is what she's going to be doing while she's over here, she should just go back to Korea. <laughs> so, yeah. That's all I have to say on that. Jimin? Yeah, I agree. When I first uh, read that Chris Brown called her cornball, I could not agree more. <laughs> I, I just feel like I don't... Here's one thing. I, I don't understand people who don't... I don't know. I guess, like, I can see both sides of the fence, but people... I feel like you should live in your truth. If your truth is that you are, you support Chris Brown or he, you're a big fan of Chris Brown, that's your truth. And and for you to try to make it seem like you've never heard of all of these things (laughs) around you, Chris, (laughs) to sort of justify your standard, I, I I don't believe it for a second. And it's, and what's kind of sad to me, actually, and what sticks out to me about this whole situation is that she feels so comfortable in saying that she had never heard of it and using what I like to now call the ignorance excuse. 
I feel like so many idols have been able to use that. Even, you know, especially with the American idols, Um, American idols, Um, just like Amber used the like ignorance excuse, but then in the same breath was like, well, I also support Black Lives Matter. So how in the world do you support Black Lives Matter, but also don't even know what it is? It's like, I I don't I'm, I'm trying to understand what you're what you're trying to tell me. And I think what's sad is that they feel so comfortable in using it because people buy it. People think, oh, just because you're Asian, that means you cannot possibly understand anything that's happening outside of Asia. And I'm like, I'm just tired of giving people that card because then they start to use it in this way. And it's unfortunate because I do believe that there may be idols, K-pop idols out there who are ignorant of certain things. there's and and honestly, I don't excuse a lot of things that fall under the ignorance classification. Like, for example, some people might say, "Well, there are idols who are ignorant of what cultural appropriate appropriation means to Black people." But I don't buy that because I mean, you understand it when it happens to you. So of course, that means obviously you can apply it to other people. If you can't do that, then that's a personal problem. Um, but there are some things where I will kind of talk it up to ignorance. Like there are certain things that I don't expect, like, for example, nuances in language, right? Like I don't expect the average American person to understand the honorific system in Arabic, right? Or the honorific, honorific system in Korean or any language, just like I don't expect the average Korean person to probably understand some of our more complex uh, language attributes and, and, and the way we speak and the things we say and what they mean. Like I like it, for example, I don't expect the average Korean person to understand if a, if, you know, a young teenager started speaking that teenage speak, I wouldn't expect like somebody who's not an American person or very specifically not like a Gen Z American, uh, or English speaking person at the very least to understand all of that. So you can chalk some things up to ignorance, but stuff like this where it's just like major world news. And we all know that Chris Brown is a huge figure in in South Korean entertainment in the sense, maybe not necessarily to the average Korean person, but a lot of idols, I would say, look up to Chris Brown, really. Um, and so for you to pretend like you're ignorant of that, when first and foremost, Chris Brown, once again, is a huge figure in South Korean entertainment. And even if he wasn't, you're not even like born in South Korea. Like you, Ailey was born where again? Denver, I think. Denver. Yeah. That's even worse <laughs> because at least with LA, you can use the excuse. Well, LA has a bunch of different cultures and languages and you can easily get distracted and the Hollywood spectacle can distract you from seeing the truth. But Denver, there ain't nothing to do in Denver except for go to the Nuggets game and watch TV. And be cold. So you know exactly what Chris Brown was doing. Um, especially since you didn't move to South Korea until 2010 and you were born in 89. Nat, how old was she? Can you do that in the quick math? She was born in 89 and it happened when? 2010? Yes, that's when she moved to South Korea. So she would have been, what, 22? 21? 21? So, and, and tell me what happened in 2009? The Rihanna and Chris Brown thing. And didn't she say she was a Chris <clears throat> Brown fan at one point? That's what she was trying to say, that she was a Chris Brown fan and like... Girl, every every Chris Brown fan knows about Chris Brown's antics. Yeah. Now, do they care? That's questionable. That's up for debate. Yes. 
but they all know and they will most likely defend him in a heartbeat. I, I just, I don't, I don't buy this excuse. I don't know. Ash, do you buy this excuse? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I sure don't. I was about to say before you said it that, yeah, I feel like that that is like the American K-pop idol excuse, which is that, oh, I was in Korea, so I didn't know. But when it happens before you even get to Korea, that is not a valid excuse. So, I mean, it just it doesn't hold water. And other people, I don't know if they just did the math or they're just like, girl, that's BS and just called her out on it. And she ended up on the shade room. So, I mean, which is pretty notable considering I feel like other K-pop idols have done more uh, controversial things that have been, from what I understand, submitted to the shade room and not ended up on their site. (laughs) So, um, but in this instance, yeah, Chris Brown did comment on it. So I guess that's what made it an exception in this case, made it more notable. So, yeah, Ailey, you are now known as a cornball, as said by Chris Brown. So maybe be careful about what you say and how you say it next time. Any final thoughts on this? Did we want to talk about Suga and the rapper that has the weird African Aryan thing going on the logic weird so basically like on amona i was on there you know kind of just like seeing anything that i missed and there was a post about sugar taking a picture with logic and people assuming that they were going to work together and the op of the post was all like you know he's canceled i guess or thinking about canceling him i don't know and but most of the comments were like that's weird because the argument put forth was that they, the OP was not happy about the fact that he was working with somebody who worked with Eminem. And I mean, we all know Eminem is uh, messed up. <laughs> I think he's like putting it lightly uh, and has created music that is very uh, destructive and, and it's in, in lyrically Quite abusive towards women so I totally understand not being into Eminem or his music but it was one of those weird things where it was like a lot of people work with Eminem Beyonce did recently you know uh Jay-Z Lil Wayne I I, I don't really like I'm not going to cancel Beyonce because she worked with Jay-Z. She worked with Eminem. No, I mean, I haven't canceled her and she's married to Jay-Z. So it's one of these things where it's just it 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 is what it is, I guess, at the same point. You know, we were talking like Jim and you, you very succinctly <laughs> summarized what I had said last time because I feel like I was rambling, but you put it into very like succinct in very clear terms. What did I say? Uh, when you're talking about uh, sort of standing in your truth and owning it and um, about the Chris Brown and Ailey thing. Oh, okay. So yeah, I just, I think this is one of those cases, but also like logic is a weirdo. Yes. Cause I, I honestly think 
that whole rollout before he dropped that 1-800-MISSING or whatever. I don't know what that song was. The one he did with um, Alisa Cara that won the, the Grammy. Uh, before he was able to rebrand with that, he did come across as super weird um, with that whole Afric-Aryan thing and how like humanity started in Africa and they were black even though you don't know really what the first humans look like to say that uh and how you know, they've like with evolution they're white and that is problematic in itself because it makes it sound like white is an evolution um and because ev- evolution means in a lot of cases like an improvement so uh <laughs> it was very problematic when he said it and a lot of actual like rappers old school rappers especially spoke out about it and he changed the name of the album, but he kept the title for a song. And he did this whole fake deep thing with Neil deGrasse Tyson and Lil, I think J. Cole. And so, I mean, I understand him being problematic and people not wanting Jim, uh, sorry, Yingi attached to that. But also, I don't really, I can only speak personally for myself. I don't see anything here that would be canceling like worth canceling anybody over especially since you don't know what's going on they could have just like yungi could have just been helping him produce a track you know like it's you don't know what is even going on to like people throw the word cancel around like all willy-nilly and it's sort of becoming a gimmick and it's sort of becoming very negative uh like woke has become so i know i just thought it was a very strange side of it like at first i didn't really mind it and i was also like really against like people who had a issue with it but now i just feel like everybody it's like overused yeah and um i feel like when you overuse something it loses its power and not only is it overused but it's just like it never. I really mean, happened. I think, yeah, like it, exactly. It, it doesn't mean anything because yeah. nothing happens. It's like you say this person is canceled, and then, like, let's say it's a person that really does deserve to be canceled. Yeah, nothing will happen. Nope. So it's just like, what are we doing? Yeah, but that's just my digression. So no, no, go back. No, there's there's really not much to say. It was just like a very strange thing. I never know why they like allowed. It, I think Omona is moderated. I was very surprised to see that somebody had allowed that to go through. Maybe it was like a slow news day and that's why they, they had it there. But it was just a very sort of strange story. Um, and I hadn't seen it anywhere else. I'd only seen it on Omona's on top of that. It was so, yeah. Um, I just thought that was weird. That's kind of why I went on the list. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know if you guys have Anything to add? No, I don't know much about logic or that whole situation. Honestly, there's nothing um, much to know about logic. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all you need to know about logic. Okay. Any other stories, discussions, commentary in general that we haven't covered that you guys would like to bring up? Uh, well, our lot, our website is launched, guys, and uh, we're gonna be regularly putting some fun, interesting things on there. Uh, you guys should let us know if there's anything you like for us to cover. 
Right now, you guys can look forward to extra content in the form of blogs. Um, each of us is going to be contributing a at least a monthly blog. Um, still kind of in the works as to how often we're going to be posting um, each posting content, but you should expect something at least every other week. <laughs> um, at least several few times a month. Um, commentary from us on different aspects of Korean culture, K-pop culture, um, even, you know, anime, manga, um, different things to kind of give you more of an insight into who we are and what we are interested in, um, as well as um, and extra content from us that um, may not be something that's suitable to put on the SoundCloud account, but it may be better suited for the website. So, um, you know, of course, you guys know that we do have a YouTube. So, um, videos, um, uh, different things that we're, they're in the works. So I would watch, look out for that. Anything else? Uh, yeah, no, that's, I hope you guys do check it out and, uh, offer any feedback or any sort of requests. Uh, we'll definitely look into it. We're going to try to bring you a lot of fun things this year. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> uh, we do have jobs and lives. <laughs> so we do have to take that into account, but we do want to offer a lot more of us and a lot more fun in this very dreary uh, 2020 so far. And we hope you like it. Yeah. Okay, so can we do some shout outs? Yeah. yeah, definitely. So first, I would like to shout out um, Temi. He cut his hair, I believe. Like I saw some pictures. I think he cut his hair. And I, I stand short hair tanning. I think it's beautiful. Yes. I think, I don't know what it is. I like really, really, really shortcuts on idols or extremely long hair. But that like in between like bowl, like two block look is kind of played for me, to be honest. But like I'll do like I could do like a two block like shortcut, but the bowl is played for me. Um, so shout out to Timmy. Shout outs to um, everybody that's coming back. Like I'm excited to see what 2020 brings musically because 2019, I feel like was a little bit of a down year musically. It was the year for drama. It wasn't the year necessarily for music. So I'm interested to see what happens. Um, I want to give another shout out to Luna. I know Luna is included in the comeback groups, but just an extra special shout out to them. Shout out to, um, well, this isn't a shout out, actually. I'm not going to do a shout out, but I do want to say um, for all of you out there who may be fans of K-pop, but also fans of basketball or the NBA or maybe the Lakers or maybe you're from Los Angeles I want to say um rest in peace to Kobe and Gianna Bryant um it was a unfortunate and tragic loss I mean Gianna was so young she was just 13 years old and I also want to say rest in peace to the other families who were on the planes with her um and I want to say everybody just be safe and also stay healthy and 
make sure you use a hand sanitizer and then lotion right after, of course. Important. Um, stay away from that uh, coronavirus. So, yeah. yeah, so that's what I want to say. I was actually also going to mention uh, a bit of a rest in peace to Kobe and Gianni and also uh, to her teammates, Lisa Altabelli and Payne Chester. Their parents, Carrie and John Altabelli and Sarah Chester. Also to Christina Mauser, who is the basketball assistant coach and the pilot, Era Zobayan. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Uh, I do apologize if I have uh, messed up your name there. Uh, but yeah, once again, you know, just to echo what Jimin said, uh, you know, rest in peace and my heart goes out to their families and the people who they have left behind and due to this unfortunate accident. And, you know, we were talking about Chris Brown and we were talking about, you know, problematic people and, uh, Kobe was definitely uh, a hero to a lot of people and he definitely was um, a marker of the time. Like, especially like my late teens, early twenties. Those were sort of like his big years. And I know a lot of people my age, especially feel it a lot because a lot of our very important milestones happened around the time when Kobe was blowing up. So he's really attached to a lot of memories and it, was a it's obviously a very shocking death because it happened so quickly and the media handled it very poorly in the way that they are known for doing these days and there's a lot of confusion there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of um just people who are still dealing with it um obviously the families and and then the fans and their friends and things like that. So there's a lot of people world, the world over who are still in mourning. And on the other hand, there's a lot of people who are victims of things like assault who uh, are also viewing this in a different way. And I feel like that everybody should heal from this in the way that works for them and that even though there may be some polarizing information about you know this influential figure uh we all should take the time for ourselves and take the time to appreciate life and obviously it's not all roses and a lot of it can be pretty crappy. Uh, just look at the news. <laughs> but there, you know, if you have people in your life that you can appreciate and that you love, make sure to take time to see them and to speak to them and to make memories. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a lot to take in and it's a lot to sort of make sense of because you're making sense of something that's so senseless. But uh, take care of yourselves, guys. Really, at the end of the day, whether that means going to uh, the karaoke <laughs> bar and having fun there, or you know, just staying home reading a book, or whatever you do to 
that you use as a form of self care, keep doing that and yeah, take care of yourselves. And then I just want to do another short sort of mention to um, shout out Golden Child for the music video that we watched today that Ashley enjoyed. Good. I'm very happy that I have, um, I'm, I'm starting to see the golden light, uh, the golden child, sorry, light. <laughs> and that I'm maybe. Well, I suppose that's a golden light of sorts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe one day I will not be ironic about the golden child. And I will actually be like, yeah, they make good music. They're a good group. I want to do that. I want to say that like authentically one day. So. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Ash? Yeah. Um, I have one shout out to the um, former Wonder Girls. It was announced this week that Yubin and Halen uh, have decided not to renew their contracts with JYP Entertainment. So kind of seems like any chances for a reunion are pretty much dead at this point. Not completely dead, because I suppose if they really wanted to, they could be reunite independently, but you know, with a few of them, a couple of them at JYP, it seemed like it would be more likely, you know, with them under his umbrella. But in light of that, um, I do hope that this like is you know, uh, hopefully means that Yubin and Hanum will, you know, be able to go forward and accomplish what they want, you know, in other avenues. I know Yubin released a couple of songs and they didn't really gain traction. Halem has kind of been more in the academic arena um, with things that she's been doing. So I just hope that they're able to accomplish and do what they want and you know have their own success with it and um you know be able to um accomplish their goals and you know that they're on good terms with jyp even though they left and that maybe in the far future one day they might get together and get the old instruments out and decide to rock out to reboot Last fun for us. Shout out to uh, Jungkook. You were dancing a little hard at that important uh, <laughs> performance. Um, I see you, but I also see you, and that was a little much, but I appreciate the effort. So, yeah. Anything else? Uh, yeah, RIP Wonder Girls. I do remember seeing the news, but so much has happened this week that it totally slipped my mind. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, RIP, like, I don't see a reunion anytime soon, but maybe in 10 years, we'll see where these girls are. And uh, yeah, uh, sad to see them officially done, I guess, but they weren't really doing much but collecting dust at JYP anyways. So I guess it's for the best for them to find their new path in life. All right. If that's it, then thank you for listening to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. As always, you can find our podcast on many different platforms. 
Um, we are on SoundCloud, Spotify, um, Google Podcast, um, Podbean, and iTunes. And we also uh, have a email address for those of you that have any questions for us, any comments, criticisms, we would love to possibly read your comments on the air or just um, get a chance to converse with you um, at notyouraveragenetizens at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at NYANetizens and we also have an Instagram and Facebook page. So we are on all the major social media platforms. You can find us there and reach out to us if you um, have anything that you want to say, any encouragement, any criticisms, we want it all, um, you know, we can only grow from, from them. So um, feel free to give us what you got. With that being said, as I mentioned, we do have our website. We do have a few blogs already up for, for you guys to read. Um, we also have podcasts on our website as well for you guys to listen to. And that is it, nyanozens.wixsite.com forward slash website. Um, that's where you can find all of, this, uh, all of the new content as well as the old podcast and the most recent podcast. And we will be continuing to post new content um, on the website um, from here on out. Um, we will be notifying um, followers on social media when any of that gets posted. But um, just in case, um, feel free to check our website on a regular basis, just in case um, you, know, you want to check out what we have on there. And I believe that's it. Did anything else I forget? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Well, if that's all, thank you, Jamin. Thank you, Nat. It was a great discussion. And we will catch you guys on the very next podcast. Bye, everybody. Good night. Bye. <laughs>